following presentation of the Midland City Planning Commission will begin in a moment. The Midland City Planning Commission is responsible for overseeing the city's master plan, conducting public hearings, and offering recommendations to the City Council on a wide range of local land use issues. The Planning Commission consists of nine Midland residents who are appointed by the City Council. Planning Commission meets two Tuesdays per month at 7 p.m. in Council Chambers at City Hall. This presentation is provided by the MCTV Network, a service of the City of Midland. Replays of this meeting can be found on MGTV Channel 188 on Charter Spectrum, through Channel 99 on at and UVerse, or on demand at www.cityofmidlandmi.gov. Select meetings are available on MCTV Network's Government Affairs Podcast Channel. Good evening and welcome to this regular meeting of the Midland City Planning Commission taking place on Tuesday, March 22nd. This meeting is called to order. Please rise for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Mr. Marshall, will you please call roll? Tecro. Here. Bain. Here. Broderick. Here. Settle. Here. Kohlinger. Here. And Fields. Here. All right, we have a quorum. Uh, next item on the agenda is approval of the minutes from the last regular meeting on March 8th. Any questions or comments, commissioners, revisions? I move that we approve the minutes from March 8th. Thank you. We have a motion? A second. And a second. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed, same sign. Meeting minutes are approved. Next <coughs> item on the agenda is uh, public hearings. We have four of them this evening. Um, as we're getting ready to get started, a quick reminder about the public hearing process. Um, there will, we'll begin with a staff presentation and overview of the petition. Then the petitioner will be given the opportunity to present as well. Then we will welcome public comments in support of the petition then public comments and opposition of the petition. Then the petitioner will be given the opportunity for final comments and rebuttal. As, and then we, at that point, we'll close the public hearings. A uh, couple of other notes. With the site plans that we are considering this evening, according to our rules of procedure, um, we'll do the public hearing this evening, but we will not be deliberating or making a decision on them until our next meeting um, in two weeks' time. Um, and would ask um, uh, that if you have questions in particular um, and even comments to direct those at Planning Commission um, and we'll do our best to collect questions in particular and get them answered um, as a part of the public hearing process. So with that, um, I will turn it over to Mr. Marshall for our first site plan, which is number 407 this evening. It's requested by Monument Engineering Group for site planning review and approval of phase one of Hunter's Ridge. Thank you, Chairman, and good evening, uh, members of uh, Planning Commission. Um, this is Site Plan 407, which is the request, as you indicated, Monument Engineering Group. Um, it's property located at 6923 Perrin Road, and the zoning district of the subject site is RA1 single-family residential. What's before you this evening is actually a six-unit single-family residential development. I'll go through in detail because you probably saw within the staff report and the um, uh, items um, 
also uh, submitted by the applicant that it is a much larger site, but this is a very small portion of it that is actually just being considered for approval this, um, as part of this process. So the total site itself, um, which is an area uh, that extends uh, for many acres with frontage, road frontage on Perrin Road, um, in this location here where my cursor's at, um, heading into the west across the Han Drain and then down into an area of undeveloped land, a mixture of vegetation, um, some grasses and some trees and shrubs. Um, but notable features on the site do include the Han Drain, uh, which is a drainage area that uh, does drain from northwest to southeast. Um, it's just off the west side of Perrin Road. Other, er other surrounding properties, um, property immediately to the south that's also vacant is held by the current um, property owner and, and um, um, is envisioned for future residential development. Uh, but you also have a lot of single family residential development that has taken place in this particular part of the city off to the west and then to the north itself. Uh, to the west you have a single family that stretches around um, a couple of uh, stormwater retention areas. Um, these are a particular concern when we're talking about this particular development site because the drainage of this area does go through the subject property. Um, it's not within the area meant for development um, review, which is just this area that's highlighted here. But nonetheless, it is something that needs to be paid particular um, attention to because, of course, as part of the or, um, ordinance requirements, we do not or cannot impede uh, stormwater flow from one site to the next um, when we're doing new development within the city. Um, Adjacent to this on the north is Boulder Creek, um, and this is a single-family site condominium development, which is why you see the individual units uh, that surround each, um, each piece of, of the homes. <clears throat> this is a, a development that's continued to develop um, for over a decade, and just it sits adjacent to this site. Um, they also have stormwater that does discharge uh, via the Han Drain to the south, um, but this is a fairly wet area in particular uh, with wetlands and other things that are um, located within the development area of Boulder Creek and certainly um, understood to be within um, the subject property and uh, development area as well. Zooming in on the site itself, you can get a little bit better of an understanding of the type of vegetation that's located there. This is an aerial photograph from last year. Again, that, that development site area that we're uh, paying attention to, which I'll go through in greater detail when I pull the site plan up. Um, is just this specific portion of that first piece off of Perrin Road uh, with a vision for a future development to happen in the other parts of the, the subject site, but that would also need um, new site plan review and approval at a later date when they would come forward with future phases. <clears throat> From a zoning perspective, the subject site is all zoned RA1 as is property to the south and to the west and to the north. Um, RA1, single-family residential, permits um, single-family residences by right, which is why we're going through the site plan review process. Um, it is also uh, really reflective of the type of development that you see um, in the surrounding area, which is single-family, largely single-family in nature. Um, one thing I didn't mention was a large property owning by the City of Midland, which is across Perrin Road and zoned community, um, a very wet area um, with the Surgeon Creek that runs um, on the western or eastern portions of that site. Um, but again, this is RA1 single family residential next to commu uh, community zoning and just to the southeast or sorry, southwest of um, RD mobile home park zoning. This is again where that small development area is um, for consideration. 
this um, highlights the, in greater detail the area that's uh, proposed for consideration, which is the six residential units with the Stubb Street off of Perrin Road. It would culminate in a temporary cul-de-sac that would be located here uh, with the six units, um, uh, with three to the north and three to the south, um, with individual driveways going into them with very uh, typical type of single-family residential design that we have um, with these types of developments. The reason why there is detailed related to future phases is largely at the request of staff. In order for us to really understand how we can permit this first phase, we really need to have a, an understanding and a conceptualization of what's going to happen in future phases. So what you see here is really that conceptualization. Again, it's not being considered for approval. However, it is something that's helpful when we start to consider things like underground utilities um, from sizing, um, certainly depth of sanitary sewer, for example, um, is important to recognize and plan for as you're building out in phases. Um, things like stormwater management, which is kind of this finger that extends down to the south, um, that is their stormwater basin, uh, which would be discharging into the Han drain um, and be sized as such to accommodate not only this first phase, but additional phasing um, as the development would, would continue. <clears throat> Going further into detail, which is not much, um, and this is pretty uh, typical of what we see for, for single-family residential, certainly for only six lots, um, it's, it's typical of what we have seen previously. Um, there's underground water, storm, and sanitary sewer uh, with water connecting off of Perrin Road and the other two utilities connecting off of Perrin Road as well. Uh, storm water would discharge into Han Drain um, and there would be rear lot drainage um, that you see here, which is the additional um, highlight on the map or kind of the, the lines that you see under the dark shades of, um, of hashing. Um, that would be rear yard drains, which would pull stormwater from the individual lots into the common um, stormwater basin and then discharge, um, same with the south end with the north. One item that was um, noted within the staff report was the hydrant spacing. Um, it's since been clarified that that actually was a comment relative to the future phases, um, but for the first phase, it is compliant with hydrant requirements, being the proposal to have one hydrant off the cul-de-sac here and another hydrant um, up at Perrin Road. So the fire marshal has confirmed that the hydrant spacing is compliant for this first phase. One large piece of information that we have not received yet, um, but the applicant has indicated that they are not aware of, of wetlands being on the site, um, but that is actually a wetland review um, to the satisfaction of the Michigan Department of Environment, Great Lakes and Energy, um, EGLE, formerly known as the DEQ. Um, but that's important uh, largely because of the surrounding context. Um, if I go back to our plan here, we knew at the time that Boulder Creek was um, developed that there were in fact wetlands at this very southern portion here. Um, there was wetlands on other developments in the surrounding area and as part of the site plan review process it is a requirement that the applicant consult with external jurisdictions on things like wetlands or floodplains um, and so that is one thing that we are not in receipt of from the applicant. <clears throat> Based off of the um, kind of surrounding vegetation. It's, it's likely that if there are wetlands that they are um, located on the northern and southern property portions of this, but that is something that we do uh, need to have um, in hand um, in order to make um, an informed decision relative to um, the wetlands that may exist. The other items that were noted within, within the staff report um, are more of the things dealt with typically at the time of construction, and that would be fi final stormwater permitting, final soil erosion and sedimentation control, 
and a private street agreement that would be used um, in the interim. It's our understanding that eventually these would become public streets and they would be built as such, but until uh, future phasing happens, it would be a private street and we would need an agreement in order to allow for curbside collection and um, other types of city services that would be utilizing that street. So Chairman, tonight's the public hearing on this proposal. Um, if there are a specific element or items um, that are outstanding beyond what staff has mentioned, um, it certainly would be appropriate for the commission to talk about those. Although you did mention tonight is not a time to deliberate the plans. Um, and so uh, going and sticking with the rules of procedure, this would actually be back on the um, commission's agenda on April 12th. Um, we have received a lot of questions um, and um, requests for information relative to the plans um, themselves, um, though with all of that, we have not received any written public comments to date on this proposal. So with that, Chairman, is there any questions I could answer? Thank you, James. Yeah, I have a few real quick questions. First, is this a site condominium or a platted subdivision, or does it really make any difference for what we're talking about? So it's, it's actually neither. So um, the reason for that is because this is actually something with the, the land divisions that are available on the site, it can be accomplished through a land division process. So it's, it's a meets and bounds division um, uh, type of proposal, which is different than a site condo and different than a platted subdivision because it's not going through the platted process, but um, it will function largely like a platted subdivision at the end of the day. Okay, and regarding the streets, are all the streets part of phase one or just the part that bumps and, you know, that ends at the end of? Where this, the cul-de-sac is located? The, yeah. That would be the end of the, the constructed street with phase one. So future phases okay. and where those streets would be located would have to come back through the site plan process. Now, with respect to how that might uh, impact the Eagles, is Eagles going to review the whole thing or are they going to review uh, just phase one or is that a question for the developer? That would be more of a question for the developer because it is really there, um, the way that they go about consulting with Eagle. They could do a, a survey for the entire property or they could limit it to just this first phase. Um, we, okay. from a staff perspective, would be looking at having it in hand just for that first phase. We would require it again for future phasing when that development area increases, right. but it would be just the first phase that we would need to see a report on. And going back several years, you know, we had issues with the Eagles not being in hand and we didn't know whether that would require, you know, at, at that point we, we decided, gee, they don't have a plan yet until they're in recipient of the Eagles. Uh, uh, statement, is this at risk of that, those kind of contingencies or will we have the Eagles deliberation in, in hand for the next meeting? The, it would be very quick in order to have that in hand for the next meeting and so it would be <laughs> a, a decision at on April 12th of the commission as to whether or not, um, if you're looking at the checklist of requirements, yeah. this is one that has not been checked and so the application at this time would be considered incomplete and so it would be a logical action for count, uh, for the commission to take at that time to table or delay take an action until you had that information from yep. EGLE. Because I'm, you know, people like Sean and some of the others on the commission can make a developer or developer experience on whether, uh, you know, the risk that that would, you know, significantly change the plan and. Uh, Okay. That's correct. I mean, and that, that I think what you're getting to is it could be addressed as a contingency or it could be something that you want to see before making a final action. You have either choice. Is that a discussion then for next week? 
Yes, it would be. Our that, next that, meeting, yes. rather. Okay, thanks. That all, that's all I have on this one. Other questions? Um, I had two grant. I'm sorry, did you have a question? Um, one, um, I think you referenced this, but as a part of phase two, I noticed that there was a note that the Hondran would need to be moved. Is that a correct summation? Or? Uh, that is um, a possibility within the second phasing. So what I, I can say is it's, we're not entirely sure what that will entail, um, or uh, we need a little bit more information on the second phase in order to really render a final decision on that. So there is okay. a possibility that that could happen. And how recent is the development with Boulder Creek? That's a good question. I, I would be guessing at an exact date. I can say it's in excess of um, 15, probably close to 20 years when that oh. first phase went in. Um, Boulder Creek, I believe, has actually had four phases to it, maybe okay. five um, in total. So it's been phased over time, but it has been over a decade since it was first developed. Because the reason why I'm asking is maybe I'm remembering something else, but I feel like we've considered this area somewhat more recently. Was that for a rezoning request? Was it for a different site plan? Was it? It was actually the last phase of Boulder Creek. So if I go oh, back okay. to... Um, this here, so um, phasing of Boulder Creek started kind of in the north, um, just off the page here, and then continued down with Rock Hollow, um, and then it had um, Aspen Creek Drive was a, an additional phase of that, and then the last phase that came through, which you're probably remembering, is this last piece that connects all the way through. Okay. Um, I can go to a different map. Here we go. Um, it's this final kind of ring uh, continuation is um, what was last reviewed and approved by the commission. And do we know if it's, I, I didn't look this up, is this the same applicant this time around or is it a different applicant? These are different applicants. Okay. Um, so the developer of Boulder Creek is different from the applicant uh, okay. for this one. All right, thank you. Any other questions? All right, thanks Grant. All right. All right, we'll move on in the public hearing process. We'll invite the petitioner to come up and present. Uh, name uh, and stay on the blue mat. Name and address for the record, please. Brittany Shea with Monument Engineering, uh, 7213 Timberline Drive, Flint, Michigan. Great. Uh, good evening, everybody. I am with Monument Engineering, who put together the plan set for Hunter's Ridge. I just, I'm not going to go into super hard details because Grant covered it very well, but I just want to cover some of the concerns. Uh, the wetlands, obviously, being one of the big ones. We are currently working on getting the wetlands out there mapped and flagged so we can show them on the topographic views in the sheets so we can make sure that we're not impacting any sites with those wetlands on them. Um, as far as site drainage goes, because I know Grant talked about how we have drainage from offsite coming through the property, even though that's part of the future phasing, we are already taking that into account we are looking at how we are going to reroute their water through our site properly to the drain without impacting any of their site or any of the future homes. Um, but besides that, if you have any other questions for me today, I would be happy to take care of them. Thank you. Questions, commissioners? Um, I will just raise my question again. Is there any more you can tell us about the note with moving the Han drain in phase two? Um, it's mostly due to the layout of the future homes and the lots that we're looking at currently. It wouldn't be, we're considering it more of a, of a realignment of the drain. It wouldn't be a, an extreme movement, I would say. 
it's more just redigging the drain in in a path that's going to make us able to to place the lots in a better position and we've already had a couple of talks with the state and with the city to make sure that everything's gonna go correctly and we won't have any issues with that okay any other questions all right thank you, thank you. Down. we'll invite you to come back up at the end all right we'll go ahead and open the uh public hearing portion um for this particular site plan um, would encourage you again to address comments and questions to us as the commission um, we'll do our best with questions in particular to collect them and, and try and answer them um, all at once if we can towards the end so um, with that um, we'll welcome public comments in support of the petition public comments in support we'll now welcome public comments in opposition to the petition go ahead and step forward Stay on the blue mat. Uh, name and address, please. Uh, my name's Echo Lane, and I'm the president of the Boulder Creek at Midland Condominium Owners Association. And my address is 7443 Rock Hollow. Um, thank you for at least hearing us today. Uh, our association, a joint, and I'm not clear on how to project my part here. This is a, uh, a site map, uh, and there was a question before about um, when this was done, and it was actually uh, approved by the commission on 322 of 04. So it's been a little bit older than that. <laughs> it also started, um, this, this is uh, Perrin Road, for your information, and then this is the proposed site plan that we're talking about tonight. The older portion of phase one of this proposal was actually on this corner here. It was originally, as you can see here, there were four houses in this corner originally. And of that, because of the wetlands, they only built these two that are darkened here. So this entire corner up here, the area behind here, running all the way down here, and then adjoining this area, which again is a missed space, is a very wide area that runs over to Boulder Creek, um, which is all wetlands, this whole back area here. And um, although uh, this was uh, uh, proposed uh, in that manner, the proposed plan for A, B, and C, which is this plan, uh, again, with Perrin being here and this being the six sites that are under consideration, you can see that uh, these uh, isoclines, if you will, those lines, show that all these parcels drain back to the north. And while there was a mention that there was a drain along here, actually there's only these catch basins that are going to be available to catch the water. It's not gonna be an open drain all the way through there. And in that being the case, uh, those drains, the height of those drains as they're noted on this plan, which is being presented, is actually higher 
than we believe these numbers back here indicate where they took sporadic numbers of the, of the height. Right now, this particular area cannot drain directly to the west to the Han drain. The elevation's too high back here in Boulder Creek. And so now what happens is it comes across here and here and heads down. And you can see on one of the sites that I didn't uh, project is that on this 3.0, they actually show a uh, area. You see this area here, right in here, of drainage that comes from the, from just, they, they show it on the other side of the Han or the other side of the, of the parcel that's being considered, but nevertheless, it cuts through their part to get to the Han drain. So uh, we feel that this could prevent, present for us uh, prolonged standing water in the wetlands, uh, especially if, uh, with those catch basins being set so high. Uh, uh, the concern is that if you change this and put all this water here, there may not be enough uh, flow or area for it to get away with. So what we're requesting is that this area is to be further reviewed and addressed to ensure that the wetlands in Boulder Creek have proper drainage as conditions before you even consider approving the site. All right, thank Any you. Any other questions? Appreciate your time. Thank you. Other public comments in opposition? Hi everybody, I'm Mark Hires. I live at 4111 Boulder Creek Drive, which is um, this development is, would essentially be out the back of my property. Um, one thing uh, to keep in mind was the flood of 2017 in June. Remember that as uh, one of the big flood events over the last few years resulted in the Boulder Creek development being full of water. It overflowed some of the uh, basement window wells and flooded you know, some of the basements in the area the HOA had to bring in contractors with huge pumps to pump water out of the area. So I have a, I have a sump pump in my basement and I've lived there for four years and the pump has never gone into a dormant state. It pumps an average of once every 10 minutes. So. There's water in the area, and so water's important. Another thing, I reviewed the plans for the overall project, and one of the things that I notice is that if you look at the Somerset development directly to the west of this proposed area and the Boulder Creek area directly to the north, both of those projects um, designed in a significant amount of buffer space into the development. When you live in an area like this and all the homes in the area have, you know, buffer space, it's not like living 
in a city that's with blocks and everything. You know, it's designed to have, you know, the feeling that you're kind of living in an area that's a little different than the city. And in this case, the proposal is to build houses all along the back, so all the houses on the south side of the Boulder Creek property would have houses right in their laps, essentially. And the overall plan does not have much buffer space at all. It is, looks like it's laid out to merely put in as many houses as they can possibly fit. And if you look at the overall plan, there is a lot of houses that would be going in there if you follow that plan. So I would like to see, um, you know, from my perspective as a landowner, I would like to see some buffer space, especially in the area that borders the, this development. Um, I'm curious about the wetlands process uh, with Eagle, you know, what the timing is. I don't know if the developer has a sense for that. That would be interesting to know. Um, myself, and several of the people who have built houses recently in Boulder Creek were told by the developer there, the builder, that the area of the meadow, which is the big open space without the trees, was stripped in the past. And um, without any um, consultation with the state, and so they plan to build, strip trees out, this is what we were told, and then went to the state and had a problem because they had dis essentially destroyed some wetlands. If you look at that meadow area, there's big slits cut in it that were, I don't know how long ago this was, that were cut into it that drain that area. And so um, those are my concerns. Thank you, Mark. Other public comments in opposition? Go ahead. My name is Susan Montesi. I live at 4110 Boulder Creek Drive in the same subdivision. I'm also secretary of our condo association. I actually have a question for the commissioners based on all of this. In a democracy, anytime you grant a right, there are responsibilities that go with it. So if you grant a new, on a city street, how much the, somebody can drive, there's a responsibility. Those people have to drive that distance or the, they're wrong and they're going to be fined for it, etc. My question to you is, if you were, as commissioners, to approve this site plan, that means you give the right for it to be built. Do you therefore have, and would you go on record as saying, you have the responsibility to see that we are not affected by water and by drainage? If it's not your responsibility and you're the ones granting the approval, I'd like to know who is. 
Thank you. Thank you. Uh, good evening, Daryl Fricke, 4800 Tiger Tail. I live in Somerset Pines, which is just to the west of uh, uh, the uh, site in question. Um, and Andrew, I was, I think I spoke uh, three, four years ago yep. uh, when the Boulder Creek addition was going on. Um, so two things, the site drainage uh, and then number two, wetlands. Um, the Somerset Pines uh, has a drainage easement that I think was addressed that runs uh, west to east through Hunter's Ridge into the Han drain. Um, you know, th that's really critical. Uh, that drains a lot of water in the spring. Uh, and uh, it was so backed up in the spring storm of 2017. Um, we could not flow enough water out of that. And those ponds went halfway up to the homes that are in Somerset Pines. Um, so, you know, the plan to ensure that that drain uh, easement is fully met uh, right now it's a culvert, so it's just an open ditch that water can flow as much as possible. If the developer is planning to put piping in there, we're going to have to make sure that's of significant size that it can drain as much water as that culvert is draining today. Okay, I mean that's a major concern. Um, it's a trench culvert and in the future if we just put a smaller pipe in there, we're going to have a huge problem. Uh, number two, wetlands. Um, during the spring storms, especially the flooding in June of 2017, the Han drain overflowed to make it not just the Han drain, but maybe the Han River, which was <laughs> two to four times the size of, of what is even there today. Um, and, and that, uh, so that vastly over flooded and, and I question how we can put homes in so close to that Han drain without the safety for those homes. But then also the, the the back portions of um, not phase one, but what would be maybe the backside of phase two or phase three, um, closer to Somerset Pines, that whole area uh, ha has flooded many, many springs. It, it flooded in, in, in June of uh, 2017. It flooded in years before that, I think in April of 2014. And when I say flooded, it, there was, um, you could see the top of grass and the grass in that area was, you know, wading out and it was 12, 18 inches deep. So there's a lot of question about how you're going to put these future phases in there. And what are you going to do with all that water that goes into that area every spring? Okay. Because if you don't do it now, it's going to be a problem for everybody else later. Um, and so, you know, just like uh, in Somerset Pines, what that development did to deal with a lot of these issues, that, I mean, the land there is really no different than what maybe what's in Somerset Pines. Um, there's a lot of open area. There's three ponds in Somerset Pines. Mm -hmm. I notice when you look at this development, there's no real dealing with the water other than let's try to push everything to the Han drain, which we know during the spring storms has overflowed as well. So when you put homes in there and have a lot of concrete services and all the water draining, we're just going to add more water to that current problem. Thank you. Thank you, Daryl. Other public comments in opposition? Hello. My name is Jacob Keister. I live at 6715 Perrin Road. Um, 
So my house was built in 1912 by Jacob Hahn, so I'm not sure if he put in the Hahn drain or it was just named after him, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, so for the entire, um, I guess, development, my house will be, or my property will get uh, surrounded on three sides with this, And um, but I guess um, I'm concerned like everyone else with the drainage. That's my biggest issue is gonna be uh, the the moving, which I, I'm glad that you kind of touched on that on how, what they mean by moving the Han drain. Um, and then, but even in phase one, their storm basin or whatever is actually gonna end up touching uh, my property and draining into the Han drain. Um, like many people have said before, drainage has been an issue and, and so much in the sense that even a few years ago, Boulder Creek paid to put a new culvert and so my driveway runs over top of Han drain to get to my house. They put a new culvert in for free for me um, because of their drainage issues to try and alleviate some of that. So um, I guess really the big thing for me is just to make sure that we really fine tooth comb the drainage for all phases of this. And then also, um, I, I appreciate the, the Eagle consideration too because that's a, that's a concern. But just a couple, uh, see last week when we had the two like 60 degree days, I went out and um, the drain that, um, that he was just talking about that goes from Somerset Pines into the Han drain, like you could just hear it. Like as I walked out there, you could hear it running, really like rushing water. So it's, it's quite a bit of water this time of year that's going through there. And uh, it's gonna be really important to make sure that all that's taken care of. All right, thank you, Jacob. Thank you. Other public comments in opposition? You can come back up. Yeah, I'd like to make uh, one comment that hasn't come up here, but I wanna make sure that everybody's aware of it. Uh, the Han drain between uh, Aspen Creek and Boulder Creek which is the uh, part of, that's just behind our properties, is uh, up for cleaning from the county drain commissioner. And we've all received notices that they're gonna do that. So they're actually gonna deepen that and open that area up, pushing it right to this corner of this property. So uh, not only are we gonna have surface water problems, but they're gonna have more load on the drain on their end after the county uh, county drain commissioner cleans that area out behind us. Thank you. Name one last time. Echo Lane. Thank you. Yep. Other public comments in opposition? Public comments in opposition? Last call for public comments in opposition. Seeing no others, um, we'll go ahead and invite the petitioner back up um, for final comments and rebuttal. We'll need your name one more time for the record, please. Brittany Shea. So actually, let's see if I can share some of this. This is the sheet that was included in the package which shows a, a better overview, I would say, of what the entire development is planning on being, all the phases. Uh, this is phase one up here, these six units. Um, Han drain currently runs, sorry, my hands shake pretty bad, right through here. The relocation that we're discussing is basically we're going to, we're going to add an elbow like this to the drain. We are already in talks with Eagle, the county, everybody on how much water the Han drain needs to handle, um, talks about how they are deepening it and how that's going to impact us because that means that we're gonna have to dig it deeper. Um, we're already working as best we can to make sure that it won't impact any of these potential homeowners and none of the neighborhood homeowners either. 
Um, as far as the neighboring properties go, like I said, we already, we're trying to get the wetland flagging to make sure that we're not gonna be impacting the wetlands, but also the drainage issues. We can certainly take a better look at the uh, structures that are supposed to go along the north side of these properties, assuming that we're not having any wetland impact to make sure that they're low enough so that way those properties still drain properly. We, it's one of the biggest things that we have to handle is off-site drainage that goes through our property. We cannot impede it in any way. We have to make sure it gets through. It's, it's a very big part of our job. Um, as far as the other properties go, so this is the open ditch currently that goes across our site from the west that connects to the Han drain. We are not looking at enclosing that right now. We're actually looking at just redigging it more or less. Moving it so perhaps, you know, we can we can locate houses on these lots in a better location, but not enclosing it so that way we're not going to have to worry about pipe sizing it. If anything, we're probably going to end up digging it deeper just because the Han drain is going to end up being deeper. Um, as far as lot size goes, just to, just to go out there because I know a couple people were kind of worried about that. These lots are actually larger than the minimum allowed for us to put in. So there's going to be fewer houses than what a different developer could do with this property. Uh, I did have a question um, that I didn't ask last time. Sure. Um, so you mentioned, you know, flagging it for Eagle and, and obviously need to go through that permitting process. Uh, can you give us some indication about where you're at in that process? I I am not sure at this at this point. I know that we had the application put together. I'm not entirely sure if it's been submitted or not yet. Okay. So I would have to get back to you on that one. Okay. Thank you, Brittany. Yep. All right. Um, Grant, I know there were lots of questions about drainage in particular. Um, anything that we want to address at this time? Well, I think um, <clears throat> just a couple of things, I guess, if I can speak to kind of um, the discussion that we've had. It is um, certainly it's a, it's a balance because there's the um, existing developments that have um, drainage that are going across properties um, and connecting into county drains or connecting into other um, stormwater basins. Those, like uh, the applicant just said, those do need to be adequately addressed as part of this design um, and then adequately um, uh, designed to be able to still um, filter out exactly what they're doing currently um, in their designs. Um, it's important to recognize uh, topography though. I mean this is a very wet area and so when we hear concerns about um, uh, rain events and other things, it's it's a swamp um, that's been designed into um, residential housing and so it's important to recognize that that is just a natural part of that area. Um, though what you can't do and what the city's regulations require is that you can't make that worse for surrounding properties and so that is something that um, we haven't heard an, an immense amount of detail from the applicant on and we certainly from a staff perspective haven't gone into great detail on some of those specific designs that do prevent that and I think that's something we'll want to focus on um, at our next meeting a little bit more. So what I've heard and I guess maybe to kind of summarize from a what you're looking for from additional information perspective would be additional um, information relative to uh, the drainage and the design that's being proposed. Um, even probably to the extent of volumes. Um, volume is extremely important as it runs through different areas and then as it's being retained and discharged into the, uh, the public system. So that's something we'll want to come back with more information on. Um, the Eagle uh, Wetlands Survey, you heard from the applicant that they um, 
we'll need to determine exactly where that's at in that process, um, and we'll want to have that in hand um, before we come back, um, or at some point when we come back, um, to ensure that we don't have um, ex uh, mitigation or other things that are going to be necessary that would impede uh, the six lots that you're seeing on the, on the plan currently. I don't know if there was other specific um, questions at this time or directive that you want staff to follow up on. James, do you have a question or additional directive? Yeah, this is, relates to additional directive a little bit. Uh, could you give me a two-minute summary of Eagles is wetlands. It's not drainage or stormwater management or flood mitigation, correct? So it is flood mitigation and it is um, when it comes to the 100-year floodplain. And this site is completely outside of the 100-year floodplain. So from an Eagle jurisdiction on this site, it would be just wetlands related. Okay, now we also have the county vis-a-vis -vis the drains. Is how do do uh, they just serve as a maintenance body, or do they have approval, or do they have responsibility, or delegation to us, or do we have overlaps with them, or do we have responsibilities to them? We do have responsibilities to them because they do have jurisdiction on the site as well from the drain perspective with Han Drain. Um, so what we look to them is similar to what we look to for Eagle, which is ensure that they've um, reviewed it and are um, agreeable to the plan as proposed. Um, though that area, one thing we'll have to make mention of is that area is really within the second phase. So it's likely that we're not going to have full review by the drain commissioner until we have a second phase that's proposed. So there is, is that an appropriate contingency for the first phase is to have some preliminary review by the county? Because, um, uh, you know, we are dealing with multiple jurisdictions and uh, uh, everybody's concerned about the flood events. I mean, I've mm -hmm. been hit by three of them. And uh, uh, on the one hand, we don't want to double regulate people, but I think it's important that we understand who is accountable Correct. for what and what is a natural sequence of those approvals, mm -hmm. right? Yes, and it sounds like the applicant has had conversations with the drain commissioner. Okay. So um, we do not have details on uh, documentation of back and forth in that regard, but that's something we can ask for as well ahead of our next meeting. Okay, very good. Yeah. Um, and uh, excuse me for uh, just following up, but uh, where are we with respect to stormwater management? Is that a, a review coming to a conclusion or will that be passed off to them after the fact? It, it will not be passed off. Um, like with all site plans, we do take a preliminary look at this uh, time. What we have actually had from the applicant is much more detailed than what we usually see from a site plan perspective. And the reason for that is because we knew there'd be lots of concerns. And so the engineering uh, team in city engineering has given a very detailed review to this. They haven't issued a full stormwater permit, but they are quite close. So the regulations that we apply on that um, side of things is um, retention um, on site um, and then slowly discharging into the public system in order to not overwhelm the public system with new discharge that's coming off of new so impervious area. Is it appropriate to have a status report on that for the next We can add more detail relative to that review. Okay, I'm sorry, Ariel. What the commission's looking for. Yes. Do you think it'd be possible or feasible for us to have a more concrete location if it's going to be moved, the Hondrain? 
I, I think that's certainly something that we would, would need to request as part of phase two, since it's outside okay. of the, the specific area of phase one. I, I, don't, I think it would be above and beyond what um, the applicant should have to present. Um, and that would be something looked in greater detail at phase okay. two. I don't think it should be like a contingency or something that we hinge the vote on, but it might be nice just as they did provide a lot of additional information. So mm -hmm. kind of in that same vein, if it could be there. Along with other information yeah. that specifically called out in the meeting yeah. in two weeks. Okay. If possible. I've seen some other head nods as well. So that's mm -hmm. something we can make sure gets included. Other questions? Mm -hmm. um, I think last one for me, Grant, is um, James touched on it, but um, and it, you kind of alluded to that there's an extensive review when it comes to stormwater permitting. Um, so, and obviously the ordinance that governs it is quite large and complex. Um, but could you give just a little bit more detail about uh, just a couple of things that they do look at, the details they do look at? Because that, if I'm correct if I'm wrong, but that stormwater ordinance is really what addresses the responsibility of water coming off of um, any given property, or at least part of the part of how we determine or take care of that responsibility, right? Yes, that's correct. So it's it's kind of twofold. So it's one, um, it's grading heavy because you don't want to create different grading on the site that's going to prevent overland flow from other sites um, and impede water that is naturally draining into this site. Because of the nature of where this site is located relative to other properties that have developed, those properties in some ways are benefiting from overland flow coming onto this site. And so it does put this site as a particular disadvantage when they're developing in order to understand how to best accommodate that. So it's very grading intensive. The other piece is the, the, the location of where the new grading is going to push the water in order to capture it and then um, uh, detain it or retain it in an area um, for a certain period of time before it's then slowly discharged into the public system. So that's, that's kind of the twofold pieces that are looked at. Um, but when we had comments on exactly where the catch basins are located, it's nice to see that people yes. read um, the plans that are out there and w are very meticulous about those because that is also something that staff looks very critically at because it's very important to us exactly where that elevation is down to um, certainly less than a foot um, in accuracy um, when you're getting into these types of details. So um, the other piece, though, I want to make sure we're understanding is we regulate two events that are not nearly the size of what we saw in 2017 in this area in the city. So the large precipitation event that happened in this part of the city was close to a 100-year event. We actually regulate closer to a 25-year event. And so from an expectation perspective, it would be arbitrary of this commission to ask them to go higher than what the standard is, even though this area did experience a very detrimental event in 2017. Thank you, Grant. Um, so next, or I guess earliest next that we would consider this and even deliberate on it would be um, April. Yes, that would be at our next meeting. Um, April 12th? April 12th, I believe. Okay. Yes. Um, just want to say a quick thank you to um, Echo, Mark, Susan, Daryl, Jacob, and Brittany for being here tonight. Um, appreciate your comments. And uh, like I said, earliest we could consider this or even deliberate on it um, would be um, on April 12th. So um, with that, um, we are going to move on um, to the next item in our agenda. Um, although I will pause for a couple seconds while we get ready for the next item. If people do not want to stay for the rest of the evening, feel free to go ahead and leave now. Um, and we'll move on with the rest of our agenda.
All right, as we go ahead and filter out the rest and get settled, we'll move on to the next public hearing on our agenda, which is Plan Unit Development Number 20, which is initiated by Greater Midland Community Center for concept and detailed plan review and approval of a redevelopment located at several parcels. <laughs> I'm not going to go through them all. Um, the proposed redevelopment is for a new community center to contain indoor recreation, fitness, early child education, and general community spaces as well. So Grant, I'll turn it back over to you for the presentation. Yes. All right, thank you, Chairman. And um, as you indicated, this is a project that does hit on a number of individual properties as they currently exist. Um, certainly the largest though is 2205 Jefferson Avenue, which contains the existing um, uh, community center. 20, uh, 2009 is where the curling center is currently located. And then you may recall that we dealt with um, review of a um, rezoning request uh, for five properties on State Street, and those are the five addresses that you see included in this um, for the total uh, subject area. Um, it's zoned community uh, zoning, which is COM, and the proposal is for that new community center to include um, the pieces of, of use that you included, which is the indoor recreation, the early childhood education, and then the community spaces. Um, looking at the subject site, which I know because of that rezoning request recently um, we're all familiar with, um, but again, it does have frontage um, on Jefferson Avenue to the east. It has a frontage onto State Street to the west, um, also where um, the end of George Street and Collins Street are located just off to this site. And then it does have frontage as well onto Mill Street um, where there is a cul-de-sac that's right adjacent to um, the curling center and where the current um, sport courts are located uh, to the north. Uh, this is property that is um, immediately adjacent to the city's um, community or uh, central park and over the years there's been lots of collaboration back and forth between the, um, the city owned parcel and um, that owned by Greater Midland um, in order to allow really a mixture um, and sort of a um, as an ex a user um, the experience of being able to freely flow from what is public space to what is actually technically private space although it does function as the community center um, and is open to the public um, but there is that property line that goes through there um, which I'll talk a little bit about um, because there's also parking lots adjacent to that on the north that the city technically owns um, and manages which are adjacent to the water tower that you see highlighted or right where my cursor is at um, to the north park close to the intersection of East Lawn and Jefferson. Zooming in on the site, you can see uh, the current location of the facility uh, with the main um, entrance here um, as well as the, um, the entrance off to the east as well. Um, this does have uh, vehicle access in a few locations uh, coming off of the intersection of Georgian State as well as um, a main vehicle access off of Jefferson Avenue. Um, and then staff parking to the north um, does come off of a um, the parking lot that does have access onto East Lawn and Nelson Street uh, just off to the north of uh, where this um, image is at. Um, but surrounding uses are largely single family in nature, although we do have a mixture of institutional uses with the um, Central Park Intermediates or um, Elementary School that's located off to the east. Um, of course, it's not shown on the map, but if you have been out there, the new Miracle Field is located right where my cursor is at in an area where the old Civic Arena used to be located. Um, and that is a facility that's also being developed um, adjacent to this. Um, so there is the recreational components, the education components, the residential components, and then we do have small um, commercial off to the southeast um, at Haley and Jefferson as well um, with a small party store that's located there. From a zoning perspective, the site is zoned community um, in the area that is proposed for um, changes and, and redevelopment. 
that's the same zoning district as Central Park and Central Park Elementary. Um, adjacent to this is RA4, which is one and two family residential down to the southwest. And then on to the east is RB multiple family residential, which is the brown shade um, on the map. From a future land use perspective, this was something that we spent a lot of time on during the rezoning request. Um, the entire property is planned for private recreation purposes um, and is adjacent to medium density and high density residential, as well as public parks and recreation and institutional and civic uses. One thing I'll note is that the orientation of the images are go is going to shift. Um, where north is no longer at the top of this screen, it's actually going to be on to the right. Um, so this uh, orients you with Jefferson on the south side, or on the bottom part of the image, um, and then uh, Nelson East Lawn would be on to the right side of the image. This is the demolition plan that's been submitted by the applicant, which shows uh, removal of trees, a lot of those X's that you see. It also shows the outline of the existing facility and the parking lot that currently exists uh, between um, the curling facility and the community center. This is really um, the new footprint of the building um, and its location. And what you'll see is that uh, a removal of the existing facility um, would happen in phasing um, and construction of the new facility also happen in phasing with really a flipping of where parking is located to be where the building is at. And then where the current building is at is where parking would be located in the future. When you look at uh, the site plan that's been submitted by the applicant, this is the first phase of what's being proposed, um, where you would have the building itself uh, with the three kind of main user groups of recreation, early childhood education, and community space. Um, I'll go in greater detail with, uh, with the floor plan here in a second. Um, but with your main entrance being really where this four is located off of um, a uh, an axle, if you will, um, that would kind of anchor the building from the curling center that's proposed to remain, um, extending all the way out into the parking lot, uh, becoming that area of facilitating pedestrians into uh, the main facility um, entrance here. Um, off to the east part and just to the top of the image would be the early childhood education um, with their own entrance that would be specific for that use and separation of the vehicle traffic servicing the community center um, from early childhood education is a component of the first phase with utilization of that existing parking lot um, and a different access point onto Collins, um, <clears throat> as well as shifting of the access points for the main parking area onto Jefferson, uh, with the main driveway being uh, further to the north, uh, bringing you into the parking lot here and then allowing for vehicles to access um, either in a circular motion to do drop off um, or be able to park in the individual spaces located within the larger parking lot here. Another addition as part of this is a new parking facility off of um, Haley Street. Um, this is located uh, with a driveway that's compliant with spacing from the intersection, um, but would provide um, uh, access to the curling center and be the main parking area for the curling center um, in this location here. There also would be some um, maintenance utility type of uses um, located on the backside. Um, without connection into Mill Street. So Mill Street is proposed to still be uh, maintained as a cul-de-sac and would not allow um, or would not have vehicle access in and out of um, uh, the new parking area. <clears throat> Other uses that surround are kind of uh, features of the site do include um, some additional outdoor spaces. Um, although that is uh, proposed to change slightly when they do the full build out of the master plan, which is the image that you see here, you can see um, filling out of the parking area to create that circular um, full parking space um, area with that circular drive uh, for vehicles, a modification of the parking lot to the north, 
uh, with additional stormwater area that would be created. If I can go back and point out changes to Miracle Field, currently you have uh, the parking lot that uh, is heavily utilized by pickleball players for the new pickleball and, and tennis courts, um, and then continues into the new Miracle Field. As part of the overall master plan, you would actually have removal of that parking lot and then uh, different access for um, the Miracle Field to come off of this site and onto um, the, ex or the, uh, the newly created driveway uh, facilitating vehicles out of the Miracle Field site and into um, back onto Collins Street. Talked a lot about the car um, usage of the site and certainly a lot of people will use it for, um, for access by vehicle. Um, although because of its location in the heart of the city, um, I know there's been a lot of intentionality around the design to attract um, both non-motorized um, users, so bikes and um, other pedestrians. And so you see an extensive walkway system that's been proposed with a fairly wide uh, proposal of a walkway on Jefferson connecting into the public system. And then a lot of intentionality around um, uh, sidewalk and pedestrian um, walkways that would connect into Miracle Field, uh, but also through um, areas that separate the parking lots, um, really allowing a pedestrian to have very minimal um, overlap with cars um, as it uh, traversed through uh, the site itself. <clears throat> the interior plans, um, I won't spend a lot of time with this since um, this is something that um, doesn't necessarily have a lot of impact on the surrounding site, but as you can see here, there's the ECE, which is the Early Childhood Education Wing, the Community Wing, and then the recreation uses with um, uh, the, uh, the pool and the um, associated locker rooms and then the sport courts that you see here. Um, full build out to the master plan, if I go back to that, uh, would include additional recreational space as well as additions onto uh, the Early Childhood Education Wing and the Community Wing as well. Uh, they have supplied renderings for this, um, which I think they'll probably go through in a little bit greater detail, uh, but these were included within the packet to give you an understanding of the scaling of the building as well as the type of materials. Some of the uh, things we usually don't see from other buildings, including an exterior um, water slide, um, and, uh, and then also um, view from State Street, showing kind of the uh, distance of where you would be located um, away from where that facility would be. Moving through more of the um, <clears throat> kind of specific process elements, this is a, a proposal to do both a concept and detail plan approval for a PUD. As it relates to the mandatory requirements of a PUD, uh, this site is over three acres. It's also commonly owned by Greater Midland, so meeting those. Um, the use of the, PU, uh, the minimum criteria include use of the PUD regulations, simply not to avoid uh, dimensional standards for uses that would already not be permitted. Um, because of the early childhood education, when you actually look through um, uses permitted in community, that is one uh, that isn't permitted by right. The other benefit of going through this particular process certainly is the public benefit. This is one of our most publicly oriented facilities in the community, um, and certainly by going through the PUD process, there is dimensional variance that's, that would be granted as part of this. There'd be flexibility around parking um, and setback locations, um, all with the intentionality around the public use in the public sphere. Um, other minimum criteria includes that the PUD approval should not be granted only when the public land use or the proposed land use will not materially add public service or facility loads beyond those compatible within the master plan. As shown within the feature land use map, um, the master plan does envision a community center in this location and what's being proposed certainly from a 
um, an estimated use and um, size of the facility is not beyond what's contemplated from a public service perspective. Um, the proposed PUD shall not consist or shall consist with goals and objectives that shall not have an adverse impact on the master plan for the city. Again, this is something that's very much envisioned by the master plan um, and is supported by the proposal. As it relates to land use patterns, again, this is uh, private parks and recreation, uh, which is in line with the master plan. And then the PUD shall improve the appearance of the city through quality building design and site development. Uh, the provision of trees and landscaping consistent with or beyond minimum requirements, um, as well as preservation of unique historic sites and structures. Um, I'll let the applicant talk a lot more about the specific details of this, but what I can say is that there's been a lot of intentionality around the proposal in order to go beyond what would be minimum required and to also fit um, the Midland context. And then the PUD shall not be allowed solely as um, a means of increasing density or intensity of the development. Um, this does not go beyond um, what would be envisioned by conventional zoning. So with that, um, in the staff report, we did have those 10 um, basis um, for action that we went through in greater detail. Um, staff does not have any concerns with the proposal um, within these 10 areas. We feel that they've been adequately addressed by uh, the proposal. And with that, staff is giving a recommendation of support. In the staff report, we did have four contingencies. Um, a demolition utility demolition plan uh, to the satisfaction of city engineering, um, final approval of the stormwater management plan. Um, you'll notice that the public sidewalk on Jefferson is shifted outside of the right of way completely onto property and so we do want to protect that with a public easement. Lastly, we did not include this and I, as I was preparing tonight's presentation, it is a critical component of our PUD ordinance that a PUD agreement would be um, reached um, and signed with the city um, to the satisfaction of the city attorney and, and the planning department. So that would be the fourth uh, recommended contingency of staff. Um, from process, the public hearing is this evening. If you feel all items have been adequately addressed, you could render a recommendation to council. If that's the case, council would schedule a public hearing on April 11th and then hold that public hearing on April 25th. And with that, um, I'll entertain any questions. We, we have not received any written public comments on this plan to date. Thank you, Grant. James? Uh, just a couple of process ones. The, our omit or scope of what we decide on is the end state, not all the phasing and parking shifting and moving stuff around or demolition plans or things like that. That isn't within the uh, scope of what we do. Um, so it is part of the scope actually. So there is a, a very distinct phase one versus master plan. Um, and going from phase one into that master plan may be smaller phases of the project. So. There is impacts of, of parking and other things that's part of that phasing that, yes, it would be appropriate for the Planning Commission to want to know more information if you had concerns relative to that. I can say that from a staff perspective, looking at the phasing, um, looking at impacts of parking, um, the only outstanding item related to that is the request for the utility demolition plan. Okay. Uh -huh. And were there bike racks in what we saw, or is that more detailed than... Um, I don't believe they were called out specifically on the plan, but I know it's something that's been discussed and are included. Okay. And then uh, the other thing, I mean, I evidently, you know, obviously use a community center all the time. In addition to early childhood development and the exercise and recreational stuff, I've taken advantage of they lease space to a physical therapy organization. Uh, I, I, I'll ask them whether or not that's included in the new one, but 
should they decide to do that at a future date, would that mean we'd have to redo the PUD or would we have flexibility to do uh, those kind of compatible uses in the future? We would consider those to be more auxiliary, which we would allow um, by right within that, that area. The reason why the, the early childhood education piece is, is called out within the report is largely because of its size and um, one of the three main areas of, of the type of use within the facility. So, um, so something small like that, if it's an individual room, maybe two rooms would not be something that would require fewer review, further review. Okay, and is there like a, or appropriate for us to get into like kind of like a timeline on when the various phases happen or? Uh, I did not or, include any of that, but that's something that I think the applicant could speak more to. Okay, very good, thanks. That's all I've got. Other questions? Um, one um, from me, um, just clarifying that we are, this is a combined approval, correct? And the reason I'm asking is I think we saw something similar two meetings ago, um, and it was just the concept plan at that time, correct? That's correct. So um, the Valley Plaza senior housing one was just concept plan, so it didn't have all of the details within the, the, the pages of, this, of the site plan um, that you saw within this current one. So this has gone uh, to the level required to do both concept and detail plan, which is why the combination approval is requested. And then do detailed plans usually come back to us or those go to city council usually? They do not. So if they're combined, well, if they're not combined, they wouldn't actually come back right. to planning commission. They would just come back to council. If you're combining both detailed and concept, it would go once or twice, depending on when the recommendation would be formulated here, and then on to council for final approval. Okay. Thank you, Grant. Any other questions? All right. Thank you. Uh, we'll go and invite the petitioner to present. Blue mat, and then name and address, please. Uh, good evening. My name is uh, Steve Geddert, I'm principal in charge with Newman Smith Architecture, uh, 400 Galleria Office Center, Southfield, Michigan, uh, 48034. Uh, thank you, Grant, um, and thank uh, everyone here for uh, hearing our proposal uh, for a new. Uh, Greater Midland uh, Community Center. Uh, Grant did a really good job of, of giving you an overview. Uh, I'm just going to fill in a few areas um, with a little more detail and then I'll be uh, here to answer questions. Let's see, where's my arrow here? Okay, um, again, this is, this is our new building. Um, we've actually tried to put it in the center of the site uh, to provide uh, a lot of green space, park-like setting, uh, both on the west side of the building and the east side. Uh, we've actually tucked it right up next to the, uh, the curling center. Uh, the existing building is uh, situated back here where the, the new parking lot is. Uh, that building will remain in operation while we are constructing uh, the new building. Uh, we do have actually three parking lots. We have the main parking lot here, uh, which is, uh, comes off of Jefferson, as Grant noted. Uh, we have the uh, Curling Center parking lot, tucked just south of the Curling Center. And then we have a separate drop-off uh, parking lot for the uh, ECE uh, to keep that traffic uh, separate from the uh, uh, parking in the, in the main uh, parking lot. Uh, some of the amenities that we have on the site, um, uh, we have two basketball courts, 
uh, in the general vicinity of where the existing basketball courts are. Uh, we're going to relocate the, uh, the playground that's open to the public uh, just south of the building. Uh, we have outdoor recreation uh, or fitness area. Uh, we have a secure playground area for the ECE. And then we have a large uh, outdoor uh, a field area here for various activities, including a small uh, sledding hill. Uh, we have connected uh, these kind of undulating paths uh, all the way around the building, uh, connecting to all of the sidewalks. And as Grant mentioned, uh, we've got the, the wide, um, kind of gently curving here, uh, sidewalk along Jefferson that I think will create a much nicer uh, path for walking. It pulls the sidewalk off of Jefferson uh, and, and into a little bit more of a, a natural area to walk. Uh, the floor plan, this is the phase one floor plan, uh, again, has the three main blocks as we, we were mentioned. We have the recreation wing, we have the uh, uh, ECE wing, and then we have the community wing. The, uh, the recreation wing has uh, actually three gymnasiums in it, and across this wide concourse that kind of connects everything together, uh, we have a leisure pool with a, a water slide, and then we have the locker room facilities next to that. Uh, small administration wing here, and then we have the ECE here with nine classrooms. Uh, also a, uh, we call it a gross motor room here, which is kind of a mini gym, if you will, that is used not only by the ECE, but also by uh, uh, members of the, uh, of the community center and a couple of classrooms uh, over there as well. Community wing, we've got a couple of party rooms. We have a child watch area, 24-7 uh, fitness room, uh, little community room, and a team room, teen room. In the master plan, uh, we add four more uh, classrooms to the ECE. In the community wing, uh, we add, add a, uh, another community room, uh, a large event or a, a banquet type uh, area, uh, a little catering kitchen uh, next to that, and then a lap pool and uh, some fill-in space here uh, for, the, for the curling center. Uh, the, this is the... Uh, North elevation of the building, this is the main entrance. Uh, the building is a, uh, uh, I'd say a, a mid-century modern styling, and uh, it has some influences of uh, Alden B. Dow and his work uh, that we've been trying to integrate into the design, both interior and exterior. Uh, we have the low, uh, low wings are in front on the north here. Those are mostly brick. Uh, with some uh, precast accent panels. And that kind of buffers the, the large block in the back, which is that recreation wing, uh, which requires the uh, higher uh, ceilings. And then uh, you'll notice we've, we've added a few round windows here, uh, just as a little bit of a, a fun accent. Uh, they occur in a couple areas uh, around the building. Um, 
a nice wide, whoops, a wide uh, entrance here with a canopy that uh, takes you into a very welcoming, light-filled uh, main lobby. Uh, this is the Jefferson Elevation. Uh, this is predominantly uh, precast panels of varying uh, texture and color. Uh, we have a lot of fenestration uh, windows up here into the, uh, the fitness rooms, and then um, uh, a lot of glass here at the uh, leisure pool. Off to the side here, you can see the water slide and just a little bit of the uh, community wing in the background here. We do have a, uh, a screen wall here, uh, hiding some uh, mechanical electrical equipment, and uh, uh, we are proposing that it'll have a little bit of, uh, of graphics on it, uh, 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 just to um, uh, help highlight uh, the building. Uh, this is the west elevation from State Street. Uh, again, this side of the building is uh, precast of varying color and texture. Uh, a few less uh, window areas in here because we don't want a lot of glass into the gymnasium because of, uh, because of glare. Uh, the rendering doesn't show it very well, but there's going to be a lot of um, uh, articulation on the site going up and down uh, and some landscaping that's actually behind us along the street. Uh, but this is kind of the park-like setting that will be for a lot of outdoor activities. Uh, see the uh, basketball courts over here on the south side. Uh, off here on this side, you see that uh, ECE wing. It has some colored glass accents to it. Um, and again, just large play fields in through here. So uh, with that... Um, I guess we'll answer any questions anyone has, or? James? Will there be a basement that's used for activities, or is there a basement, or? Uh, there's, a, a small, there's a small basement. Uh, that basement is used for mechanical electrical equipment only. Okay, so it's not gonna be like the current facility where a lot of the activities take place in the basement without Correct. windows or things like that. Correct. And w one thing, you know, over the years, I live in that neighborhood, is that facilities evolved, right? You yes. know, and uh, is, is this being designed with some sort of a flexibility for future development beyond uh, what's shown, or uh, is uh, this meant it, to be more of a stable environment, or? Uh, I believe it's uh, meant to be more stable. There, there would be opportunities in the future to, um, to make modifications to the building and maybe some, add some other facilities, but we're not proposing that in uh, our, our plan or our master plan right now. Okay. Um, based on the studies that we've done, the master plan would provide uh, all of the facilities that uh, are needed. And we talked... Go ahead, James. Okay, we talked a little bit about timing and phases. Do you have a... a, a just a high-level schedule or how that uh, might evolve? I can tell you that phase one we're proposing to start in June of this year and have it complete in about two years in uh, the summer of 2024. Um, uh, we are looking at maybe some planning for the, the, the future phases, but nothing has been set in stone at this point. Okay. 
Thank you. I have just a curiosity question. Are we sure. losing anything? Like I've heard a little bit about this from the community and I'm not sure how much of it's accurate. So like, are, are they actually losing racquetball courts? Will there? Uh, there are no racquetball courts proposed in, uh, in, this, in this facility. Are there other things that are like currently exist that won't be there in the new one? Um, I, I couldn't tell you, I'm sorry, off the top That's of my okay. head of, of what's there now. The existing building is larger, uh, right. but a lot of that space uh, is, is very difficult to use. Uh, and so uh, we've been able to consolidate everything and make it uh, actually more functional and, and more modern. Okay. James? Yeah, just to follow up on that, there will be uh, not a gym in terms of a you know, basketball gym, but exercise facilities and things like that. I've heard some small ones, but is that still going to be? Uh... Yeah, it wasn't in the uh, the slide in the presentation here. Uh, we do have, uh, this is a one-story building. Mm -hmm. We do have a mezzanine, and the mezzanine has um, uh, an extensive fitness center. Oh, okay. Uh, and group fitness rooms. Uh, so that's all up on the, uh, on the mezzanine. Uh, the main gyms, uh, we have two gyms that are this uh, high school size. Uh, in the other direction, I think we have four uh, uh, high school size basketball courts. Uh, it'll also be set up for pickleball and volleyball. And then we have what we call a MAC gym, which is a multi-activity uh, center, which can be used for all different types of, of activities. Okay, thanks a lot. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, the outdoor space, we have two outdoor basketball courts, and then uh, there will be an outdoor uh, fitness area where you can get outside and, and exercise on nice days. Okay, thank you. Other questions? All right, thank you. Go ahead and welcome public comments in support of the petition. Public comments in support. Uh, welcome public comments in opposition to the petition. Public comments in opposition. Um, any final comments from the applicant? Uh, no, I just, again, I want to thank you for uh, considering this uh, project. Uh, we think it's going to be a great, uh, a great facility for uh, uh, greater Greater Midland and uh, uh, for the entire city. Thank right. you. Thank you, Steve. And this one we can consider this evening if we waive our rules of procedure, correct? You can. Yes. All right. You want me to make a motion? I would appreciate it. I move that. we waive the rules of procedure and vote on this time. I second. A motion to second. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed, same sign. We will consider it this evening. Comments? Well, I was excited to see it on the agenda for this week and uh, didn't disappoint. I, I, mean, I knew <laughs> this was in the works and I think it's badly needed. Um, and it really is well thought through. Um, I, I think I missed the racquetball courts a little bit, but I'm sure you've studied that and I'm, I'm not really worried about it. I, it, it really would be a, a, a great addition to this city. Really strong support for me. I, um, I kind of feel the same way. I think. Something interesting is that the city right now has these sort of meeting points, and that one's been one that's been bursting at the seams, I think, for the last 10 years. I'm sure you probably experienced it in a more real way, but um, it seems like all of the reasons why it's overfilled are being addressed 
and then they're adding some additional things. So um, I don't really see any issues. I think the racquetball guys will be bummed. But <laughs> um, that, it's funny because that's the only thing I've heard even from the community that has been like a point of like, uh-oh, it's like, well, where do we do that? And I guess the answer is Bay City, but. <laughs> well, it's pickleball. Um, a new business opportunity for somebody else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Ariel. James, go ahead. Yeah, I've got no problems at all with this in the conceptual level. My only question would be for Grant, you know, g seeing how this is detailed too, uh, I didn't see anything from the normal check the box list that would uh, raise any flags, mm -hmm. but do we have a more broader criteria or more detailed criteria given that we're also doing the detailed review or, uh, um, I mean, I'm, I'm comfortable with it, but mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, I want to make sure that uh, you know we know what we're signing off here and what we're required to sign off here. Right. So there's kind of two two components to it. There's the eligibility criteria for the concept plan, which is what I went through, kind of those yeah. five or six points. Um, you then have the basis for um, decision, which are ten individual yeah, elements of no criteria. So for those. correct. So there is nothing else um, out of the PUD ordinance that would ask the planning commission to take a look at beyond those. So that that is really what you'd render your decision under is. The eligibility, which from staff's perspective meets um, mm -hmm. that, and then from the basis for action, the one really piece that's unusual would be that utility demolition plan. But I know the applicant has indicated that's something they can provide to us, and we'll likely have before we go in front of council. Okay, we could make that a that is that a contingency? that is one of the four recommended contingencies. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Well, I'll make a motion that we. Uh, 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 recommend uh, this to City Council for approval then. With the four contingencies. With the contingencies, yes. I second. Yeah. A motion and a second. Mr. Marshall, will you please call roll? Well, so this is to recommend approval um, of PUD number 20 with the four contingencies. Correct. Broderick? Yes. Bain? Yes. Decro? Yes. Seibel? Yes. Kohlinger? Yes. And Fields? Yes. That is approved. All right. Uh, next date for them is with City Council, correct? That's correct. So it's likely the scheduling of the public hearing will be on consent, um, with the public hearing then being at um, that second meeting in April. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Can we take five? Or? Yes. We will adjourn <laughs> for a five-minute recess.
We'll reconvene uh, this regular meeting of the Minden Sitting Planning Commission taking place on Tuesday, March 22nd. We have uh, currently in the public hearing portion of our agenda, we have two additional public hearings remaining. Uh, the next one up is site plan number 415, um, initiated by Fleiss and Vanderbrink for site plan review and approval um, of a 5,000 square foot veterinarian clinic located at 709 East Wackerly Street. And I believe Brian has the presentation for us today. It should be just the new. Ah. All right. So this is site plan number 415, and this is an animal medical center. The agent for this project is David Whiteland, LLC. The location for the property is at 709 East Wackerly Street. This is the underlining uh, zoning for this property is RC, Regional Commercial. And this is for a 5,484 square foot veterinary clinic slash office with surgery and treatment areas, an animal ward and on-site parking. This is the subject property here, um, kind of a larger uh, aerial view. There is Zooming in to the property, uh, there's a vacant lot to the west, commercial lot, um, and some single-family residential to the south, and then to the east, we have Via de Alejandro and Tuscany uh, Banquet Hall. This is the zoning, so as you can see, it's regional commercial uh, to the east and west, single-family residential to the south, um, regional commercial right to the north with some additional community uh, on the other side of 10 there. So this is the site plan for the Animal Medical Center. It's kind of hard to see on here, but um, adequate circulation around the building. Um, you'll notice also pedestrian circulation from the sidewalk uh, with the prevailing surface of the sidewalk there. Uh, as well as the uh, indicated crossing through the parking lot with two barrier-free spots. Uh, there's a loading zone in the back with an enclosed dumpster. There is a shared access drive to the north um, east of the property. Um, and then, it's kind of hard to see on here, but there's actually underground stormwater detention um, under this parking lot that's proposed. On the staff report, um, there was mention of a additional hydrant needing to be placed on the site. Um, after further staff discussion um, and discussion from the applicants with the fire marshal, uh, it was determined that that is no longer necessary. And um, the current hydrant, one hydrant on the site, will be sufficient for the required water supply. So there's some elevations of the site. We have the front, so this would be um, looking from the south, the main entrance here, um, and then we have the west elevation, the north or the rear elevation, um, you can see a door back here and some windows, um, and then we have the east elevation, and again this is that main entrance on the corner there. Um, so the site plan meets the city's objective criteria. Um, as I mentioned, the additional hydrant noted in the staff report has been addressed. 
Um, some items that are commonly dealt with at the time of construction permitting include it, the shared access agreement, um, that driveway connecting at the rear of the property with the Italian restaurant. Um, a water utility easement will need to be, uh, will, will be required with the site and a final stormwater management plan and permit is required as well as a final soil erosion and sedimentation control permit. Um, so tonight is the public hearing for this site plan um, with planning commission consideration being at the April 12th meeting. Uh, we have not received any public comments ahead of this meeting. Uh, and with that, I'll entertain any questions. Questions, commissioners? James, go ahead. Uh, maybe this is for the uh, petitioner, but are all services to be provided indoors? Yes, um, as it's indicated on the site plan, uh, there is a fenced area at the rear. Um, mm -hmm. I'm unsure if that is for something specific uh, as far as a treatment of some sort, uh, but um, the, and again, it's kind of hard to see on here, but um, these different wards within the building, um, there's surgery and then a few others that I'll, I can let the applicant speak to. And, and kind of to that, is this strictly like small animals or would you have things that are would normally be considered livestock, like horses or things like that? Or is, sure. is, is there a difference in the zoning regulations that would apply to those? Um, no difference in the zoning regulation, but I'll, I'll have to defer that question as far as the, um, okay. the, the animals being taken care of at the... And, and with respect to utilities, things like sewage and things like that and waste disposal, does that go through the normal city? Uh, that is correct. Okay. Other questions, James? Uh, just relate to, and maybe this is for the uh, uh, petitioner, but with respect to, you know, health and safety, often we use that to find out if there are any other regulatory bodies and have those approvals been, uh, you know, met. Is uh, that something we get into? We don't want to regulate them twice or ask things out, our, out of our scope, but uh, seeing how there's a restaurant there and, you know, an animal facility here, uh, it's probably not our purview, but if there's another organization whose purview it is, just do a little bit of due diligence on has that been done. In other words, are, is that regulated by the state or somebody else, do you know? I, I, I'm unsure, but I would guess that that would be um, taken care of at uh, the licensing um, level as far as the animal uh, medical Okay, school. so there is an additional licensing body for... Uh, Veterinary facilities. Correct. There. Okay. Yep. Yeah, James, we know from past experience that usually those type of things are outside of our consideration. Yeah, so what we've often fit on is, you know, our responsibility isn't to regulate them, but to just say, okay, have the bases been touched? Or will they be touched as part of the approval process? That's where I'm coming from. Other questions? All right. Thank you, Ryan. We'll invite the petitioner up to present. Need a name for both of you and uh, an address for both of you as well. Blue Matt. All right, I'll go first. Um, I'm Dr. David White. I'm the owner. Um, I live at 1100 Nine Mile Road, Garcolin, Michigan, 48631. 
Um, yeah, uh, we're currently uh, at Animal Medical Center on 4925 Jefferson right now, and it's just getting very packed. <laughs> so looking to um, actually just move, um, and then we'll likely close the other facility once that happens. Um, I can answer a couple of James's questions. Uh, we're not doing any boarding other than hospitalized patients, so no, you know, just people going on vacation, that type of thing. Uh, the outdoor fenced area is just for taking dogs out to do their business, and nothing mm. else is going outside. Uh, we do have one single isolation ward, which um, we may use to have like a calf or something like that. Um, and that'd be the only large animal that really be going on at the location. So other than that, it's pretty much dogs and cats. And I think that's about all I know about everything else. And so I'll pass it off to uh, Lisa for the rest. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Lisa Easterwood with Fleece and Vandenbrink, uh, 9475 North Holly Road, Grand Blank. 84394 um, can I use will this work okay um, so Ryan did go through the site but I just wanted to give a little bit more detail um, so we have you know our, our entrance coming in here the um, spacing of the entrance um, does comply with your access management standards um, we're actually not meeting the one from the restaurant, but there's a provision in the ordinance that allows that when we're meeting the um, spatial requirement from the uh, Willow or Whiffle Tree uh, Lane over to the west. So um, there was a lot of thought put into where that driveway goes. Um, and then you know we have the two-way circulation around the the building. Um, the building is basically broken up into four sections. Um, we have the reception, main entrance area, reception, and some exam rooms in this area, generally speaking. Um, and then in the back here is um, the where the wards are, and then there's like laundry and janitorial and some storage back there. Um, and then in this corner here, in the northwest corner, is the um, surgery and treatment area. And then in the uh, southwest corner is the staff, um, mechanical rooms, offices. So, and looking at the building like that, we basically have four entrances into the building. Um, there's this main entrance where all of the customers or clients um, would, would typically enter. And so that's where a lot of the parking um, is located. There's 18 spaces up in the front. Um, and then uh, in the back where the um, uh, supplies and janitorial and laundry and all of that is, um, we have a loading and unloading area, so supplies can easily be brought into the building. Um, so that's back there behind the building. Um, on the side here, we have a staff entrance. Again, this is where the staff and offices and their lunch room is located. So we have, uh, I believe, 17 parking spaces over here for basically staff and employees. Um, and then over on the east side, there's this comfort room. And so that is where people that have maybe they're having a traumatic situation with their animal, their animal's dying, 
they can pull up here and privately go into this comfort room without having to go through the whole dramatic experience of entering in the main entrance where there's everybody is at. So, um, so the, that kind of uh, explains the site. There is this fenced-in area, as Dr. White mentioned. That's basically where they just take the dogs out to, you know, go to the bathroom um, while they're staying there. Uh, and then we have our dumpster enclosure. Um, again, that's behind the building. Um, it's completely fenced in, uh, and it does have a matching gate. Um, and then we do have a 10 by 10 storage uh, shed that will be, again, behind the building um, for like um, lawn type equipment, maintenance equipment, that sort of thing. Basically, it has to do with the landscaping. Um, and then um, the underground, okay, as far as utilities go, the underground detention, as Ryan mentioned, it's in the shaded area here. Um, this is one of your, it's your typical um, ADS system. You probably have seen these on other site plans. Um, actually, we did this system on the Greater Michigan Oral Surgeons um, site. This is the same type of system. Uh, there's a 24-inch storm sewer that runs along the north side of Wackerley, and that's what we'll be connecting into. But uh, obviously, we're detaining our water, and it's restricted. Um, so we will not be outletting any additional water than what is going there now. Um, and then there's a water main on the south side of Wackerley. It's an 8-inch line. We'll be connecting into that with an 8-inch line. And the hydrant that was talked about is going to go right here in this uh, front of the building in this island. Um, from that, we're connecting with a, uh, I think it's a one and a half inch water service that goes up into the southwest corner of the building, and a sanitary lead goes into the southwest corner of the building. Sanitary is on the north side of Wackerley. Um, and then, as Ryan mentioned, we are showing a sidewalk along the front of the property that's per your ordinance. There's no sidewalk on either side, but we're being up front and proactive with that so that the adjoiners can connect into it. Um, so we're doing that and then also providing the sidewalk up to the building with the crosswalk. And then um, that's a requirement per your ordinance. Um, and we also have a bike rack shown here up by the doorway. Um, so to go over some of the outstanding items, um, the water main easement, um, we typically, in the past, what we've done is provided that through the engineering department. We do show the water main easement on the plans. Um, it's 20 foot wide and it goes up and around the hydrant, so they have full access to that. Um, and again, that the easement documents will be submitted to the engineering department for their review um, once we get through site plan approval. Um, the the uh, stormwater management plan has been submitted to the engineering department and in their initial, I didn't see any comments on it on their initial review other than we would need a permit, but they may still be reviewing that. Obviously, we'll have to get that permit before we can start construction, but that's in the works. Um, and then the soil erosion control permit. I'm sorry, I should have mentioned Cliff Harvey is here from Case Construction. He's the, they're the construction company that's going to build this project and uh, obviously they'll be the ones to get the apply for the soil erosion permit before they start construction. So we understand that that has to be done. And then um, the shared access agreement um, that needs to be um, initiated with the property owner to the satisfaction of 
of Grant and Ryan and the planning department. We understand that. Um, and then as far as regulatory agencies, uh, I'm not aware of what needs to be take place as far as the veterinary clinic and the licensing. I do know that this is a permitted use in the zoning. Um, and as far as regulatory agencies, we are connecting to the city sanitary system, the city water system, and the city storm system. So everything conveniently for us is happening through the city, which is nice. Um, and we did also submit our plans uh, at the same time they were submitted to the city. We submitted to all of the franchise utility companies. So the coordination between utility services can be can take place with um, case construction. Um, so I think that's all I had in my notes. So if you have any questions, happy to answer them for you. Thank you, Lisa. Yep. Uh, questions, commissioners? Lisa, we'll have you stay up here for just a second. Uh -huh. Go ahead, Jane. Mine is mainly for the doctors. Just uh, who are the other regulatory agencies and have they been touched based with? And then we can uh, say what I'm reading is item 17 that says, you know, as part of our review that uh, they comply with all applicable public health, you know, public safety rules and regulations. And that's where I'm coming from. I don't want to dig into the weeds on what they contain just that those agencies have been or will be engaged. And so my, my question, I guess, is uh, who regulates them other than, you know, I mean, from the site plan point of view, it, you know, that's no problems with this at all from my perspective. But that item 17 that's on our, you know, list of checking the boxes is, is kind of a fairly wide door and uh, just uh, and it requires, I think, on our behalf, some due diligence. And the due diligence is just okay. It's not it's not us for the public safety. Who is it, and have they been engaged? So what, when we go through the departmental review process from a public safety perspective, it's largely um, fire and police um, that do take okay. a look at it. Um, from a, um, as um, Lisa indicated, from a use perspective, um, it's something that we take a look at as well um, to ensure when, I know you had kind of a yeah. comment about location of this versus a restaurant Well, there's also door. public health though, see, yeah. so in yeah. addition to safety. And Correct. Um, and the public health perspective, I think, um, is not of concern from a city or from a staff perspective largely because um, these types of facilities, they do connect into the public utility systems um, in other locations and something okay. like what is being designed is, is comparable and, and we're able to handle that from a, a system perspective. Um, and there, there's really not a lot of other health concerns that staff has identified, um, especially because of the type of the animals that are being treated. This isn't yeah. um, um, horses or other things, kind of large um, livestock. This is a much smaller um, animal clinic. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I might well answer a few of those Sure, yeah. And again, I'm not trying to yeah. monkey wrench anything. It's yeah. uh, so my name's Dan White, and yeah. I'm the original owner of Animal Medical Center. I recently turned it over okay. to my son. Um, there aren't agencies that overlook the building itself as far as public okay. health. There are none. There are individual things. We have a license, what's called a medical waste producer license, which means we have okay. to abide by their regulations. And that, again, is, is 
Things like if we shave a dog that has a fungal infection, we have to sterilize that hair before it goes into the garbage. It's little things like that. We are controlled by, because we have x-ray equipment, you know, we get inspected every year for x-rays. But this is more internal safety, okay. you know, then there, there really isn't anything as far as uh, other than how we handle any medical waste, which is yeah. a very small quantity, how we handle um, you know, drugs that are expired mm -hmm. and, and things like that. But as far as the building itself, other than the yeah. room where x-ray is to make sure that it's, you know, protected, um, there there's, aren't any agencies that inspect the building other than Yeah, ag again, though, but the, like that. Yeah. the criteria says any use, not the building, but it says any use complies sure, with sure, those. Yeah. And so, again, my, my question would be uh, what, and I'm not questioning that there are any. I just want to know uh, what are the agencies that, for example, regulate the small amount of waste or... Uh, it's off the state. Okay, it is yeah. the state. It's all state. Yeah. Okay. The x-ray, the medical waste, it's, that's okay, all state. So that's, and yeah. Okay, thanks. That's yeah. that, that, And as that far as like that little area where we're going to walk the dogs, nah, if they do defecate there, that'll be picked up immediately, you know, because they'll be out of leash. You know, they aren't going to be out there for any length of time. So, okay. uh, yeah, so there should not be any odor at all coming from the place. And Okay. It'll be yep. from all the yards that are next to it. <laughs> 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 all right. Thanks Thank a you. lot. All right, um, we'll move on in our process. Um, go ahead and welcome public comments in support of the petition. Public comments in support. Welcome public comments in opposition to the petition. Public comments in opposition. Uh, any final comments from the petitioner? Petitioners, plural. <laughs> All right. I would say right now, Midland we need you to step back up I'm on the sorry. blue mat, sorry. <laughs> yeah. The uh, demand for veterinary care right now is greater than what veterinarians in Midland can offer. Um, we are all backed up. We haven't taken new clients in a year. And most <laughs> clinics right now, um, there's two or three weeks to get an appointment. And we have a one doctor facility with three doctors in it right now. and. We just can't see more. We're, we're, you know, so that's why we're doing this. We're, you know, going to close up our old practice, and which is about 1,700 square feet, and move to one where we can really help serve the needs in Midland. Okay. Thank you. Hey, thanks. Um, as we wrap up this portion, commissioners, any additional information or direction um, outside of what we already discussed that we would need between now and our next meeting? All right. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll move on to the next site plan. Um, you guys' next date will be with us back here on April 12th for possible deliberation. So, appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, move on to the last public hearing this evening, which is site plan number 416, initiated by Cobblestone Commercial Construction for site plan and review and approval of a dental office at, on Merlin Court. And we will turn it back over to Ryan. And Ryan, well presented on the first one. Great job. Thanks. Okay. Um, so this is site plan number 416, uh, McLaren Dental. Um, the agent is Cobblestone Commercial Construction, LLC. The location of the subject property is 6109 and 6115 Merlin Court. 
the underlying zoning for this subject property is community commercial. And the proposal uh, tonight is for phase one, which just includes a parking lot expansion. I'll, I'll kind of go into more of the details as far as the additional phasing uh, as we move along. Um, so this is the view, aerial view of the subject property. We can see uh, to the north, we have the Sumni Fitness Club. Um, to the south here, we have a medical office and dance studio. Um, to the west, we have uh, also a medical facility, a uh, Midland Oral Surgery, or excuse me, medical offices, and then to the east would be the Midland Oral Surgery Facility. Looking at the subject property a little closer, we can see that it is a vacant lot. It's actually two lots, um, but they have since been combined. Um, I believe they were combined in January. Um, but yeah, as you can see, it's a vacant lot, uh, just some natural vegetation there. Looking at the zoning, the subject property is zoned community commercial with office service to the south and to the, to the west. Regional commercial to the north across Wackerley, and then we have some uh, single family residential um, further south with some additional uh, multi family residential to the east. This is the site plan. Um, I'll kind of point out the McLaren, the existing McLaren dental office here, um, and then this parking lot here is the proposed phase one. They are putting in a drive down here. Um, and then this parking lot, it's kind of hard to see on the screen, but this is a, an additional parking lot proposed for future phasing. And then a medical office here um, with not a lot of detail, again, um, due to the fact that it will be an additional phase. Um, and again, this is, a, this is a closer look at the proposed parking lot. Some outstanding items for site plan number 416 include a photometric plan uh, for the parking lot, a landscaping plan, and then the parking actually exceeds the minimum requirements by greater than 20%. Uh, so what this means is the planning commission is uh, would need to approve that um, over-parked amount, uh, that 20% increase in parking. Um, and with that being said, uh, one additional barrier-free parking space would be required for phase one. In the staff report, I also indicated a additional fire hydrant being needed uh, for the additional phasing. So looking at the this medical office here um, for phase two, um, and I don't want to get too much into phase two, but an, an additional hydrant would be needed for that. Some other items that are commonly dealt with at the time of construction permitting, it would be a, the shared access agreement. Um, here, between the existing site as well as the proposed future or the uh, proposed parking area. And then a final stormwater management plan and permit will be required. Um, and again, a final soil erosion and sedimentation control permit will also be required. Uh, the Planning Commission public hearing is tonight, uh, which means the, or the Planning Commission consideration will be April 12th. Uh, we have not received any public comments ahead of this meeting. Uh, with that, I'll entertain any questions. Thanks, Ryan. Questions, commissioners?
Bye, James. Just a trivial one. You said the parking exceeds by more than 20%. Is it a lot more or a little bit more? Or? So for phase one, um, the total, the, the, the proposed parking area would add an additional 26 spaces to the existing McLaren Dental uh, parking. Mm -hmm. uh, so the total parking for the existing dental facility would be 56 total spaces. Um, and the calculations based off of the square footage of the existing dental facility um, would is, is uh, the, the minimum would be around 38 spaces. So that additional 26 um, would, would increase it more than that 20%. Um, but it's if, not like double or anything like that. No, no, not quite. Um, <clears throat> during the development of future phasing, uh, the parking will be calculated with that new medical building. Um, so we don't anticipate it being over that 20% um, in additional phasing. But again, um, since we're just looking at phase one, yeah. um, we would, the, the planning commission would need to approve that uh, expanded parking lot without the future uh, phasing. Yeah. And it's within our purview to do that, right? Yes. Now, what's, the, what's the cutoff for review? I noticed this is 5,000 square feet, and in the past, the you know, we wouldn't even look at that, would right. we? Right. The trigger of this is actually the new uh, vehicle access. Oh, okay. Two. Yep. Other questions? All right. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, we'll go ahead and welcome the petitioner to present, if they would like. Shaman. I'm with Cobblestone Commercial Construction, uh, 5474 Garfield Road, Saginaw, Michigan. Um, you guys see the site plan in front of you. Uh, I think we were here about two to three months ago for a rezoning. Um, the two parcels that we have since combined, I think it was on January 1, uh, were kind of split zoning. We went with the community commercial. Um, not really had, having precedence one way or the other, but we just felt uh, rather than down zoning ourselves and restricting ourselves, that would be the best route to go. Um, today, the parking lot um, is kind of to uh, meet the needs of uh, doc the doctor and his current building. Um, they're tight there. I'm not certain on this, but I think with the additional square footage we added um, over this last year, we that 38 parking spot spaces. I think we're at the minimum, um, the exact minimum there. So. Uh, I don't think we're too far over that 20% mark, but we are over it certainly. So, um, but the doctor's full intent is to build a, another medical building there. Um, I think his full intent is to have it revolve around his dental practice, uh, whether it be a specialty clinic or anything like that. Um, it's to be determined, um, and kind of finding the right tenants part of that. So, and uh, the reason for kind of two phasing this is when he finds the right tenant, he wants them to have a kind of flexibility to design that building around their use. So we don't want to set anything in stone today. Um, as far as uh, the comments that we received, um, there were a couple things uh, the fire department pointed out. There was a uh, 80,000 pound requirement for the asphalt parking lot. Um, the cross section we're using for our parking lot reflects that of the city's uh, roadways. So we should meet that. Um, as far as the uh, future fire hydrant, um, we're happy to address that at the time of the second phase. Um, if something is needed for phase one, we'd be happy to hear your guys' needs there. Um, I think we're willing to meet anything there. Um, 
Steve Tagler, the building inspector, pointed out the parking requirements, um, which will kind of all change as we move along. Uh, another big one there was the landscaping plan. Uh, we're happy to uh, meet all the requirements there. I was expressing to Ryan, we had a little bit of confusion on are we considering the whole site or are we just considering the parking lot there? Um, but we're going to develop that plan with uh, a landscape architect and submit that to you guys, as well as the photometric plan. Um, it was kind of a where do we put this light pole to work for this phase and also the second phase, but um, fully intend to supply that for you guys. Um, other than that, I think we just had the shared use parking agreement. I don't think there should be any difficult with McLaren Realty and McLaren Realty making that agreement. So um, we're happy to provide that to you guys. So if you guys have any questions, I'm happy to field them for you. Thanks, Matt. Uh, questions, commissioners? All right, thank you. Thanks. Go ahead and open public hearing. Welcome public comments in support of the petition. Public comments in support. Welcome public comments in opposition to the petition. Public comments in opposition. Uh, any last comments from the petitioner? Thank you, guys. All right. Uh, commissioners, similar question for you. Any additional information or direction we would need in the next two weeks? All right. Uh, we will close the public hearing portion of our agenda and we'll move on. Uh, next item is old business, which I don't believe there is any. There is none. Um, welcome any public comments unrelated, unrelated to items on the agenda. Public comments unrelated to items on the agenda. Any new business? There is not. <laughs> Uh, we have two communications in front of us, one from, uh, one is Michigan Planner, um, the other is Planning and Zoning News. Any other communications? Not at this time. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, I have no report. Um, Grant, report of the planning director. Um, we did cover uh, action of council at our last meeting and there has not been any new action related to planning and zoning uh, things at council, so nothing new to report there. All right. So next. Uh, Items for next agenda on April 12th, we have a new site plan as well as I believe all three site plans will be coming back before us uh, next week at this point, correct? That's correct. We will schedule all three of those to come back in front of you. Um, I think from what we heard, uh, site plan 407 has a bit more of a kind of a questions to answer, so we'll work diligently with the applicant to get as much answered as we possibly can. Um, when it comes to the site plan 414 or 417 rather, um, the home to suites, um, that was a site plan that was given approval back in March of 2019. It, after two years, expires, and that's why they're coming back in front for um, a reapproval of that. But um, if you pull out your records from in March of 2019, you'll see a very similar site plan to what they have proposed um, for that. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, anything else on the agenda at this time? Not at this time. All right. I'm looking for a final I'm motion. <laughs> <laughs> a second? second. <laughs> motion and a second. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed, same sign. We are adjourned. Aye.